Our scripture verse this morning comes from a little preached book, but a very well-known book of scripture called Revelation. It's the seventh chapter, one verse, verse nine. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word this morning. Let us pray. Holy God, as we focus in on your Son, the Lamb of God, speak to our hearts this morning, Lord, a new message for this coming year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why is it, do you think, that the beginning of the new year is marked with so much noise? How many of you guys attended a New Year's Eve party on New Year's Eve? Okay. <laughs> our, our big celebration this year was Bill and I and Rachel watching the ball on TV in New York being lowered and and doing our hooping and hollering in the dens. <laughs> well, this was at 11 o'clock our time. <laughs> so we cheated just a little bit. But all the noise, all the noise. Thursday night as we were coming in from the hospital, we were somewhere around Sylacauga, and all of a sudden, fireworks went off just right here on the side of the road. Now, they weren't up in the sky, but they were right here. I'm, I'm driving, and they were right here on the ground. Uh, and it unnerved me, to say the least. <laughs> you don't really expect fireworks to be right in your ear as you are driving down 280. So, again, anything is possible and everything. Um, but all across the world, the way of marking the end of one year and the beginning of another is for people to set off fireworks, tearing apart the night sky with a blaze of light and color and an explosion of noise. The Romans have been doing this type of thing for a long, long time. They believed that the turning of the year was a very vulnerable moment in time. It was a changeover that had to be watched very carefully. Um, even us today, some of our churches have watch night services. So the attention paid to the end of one year and the beginning of a new one is a very important thing. But to the Romans, they felt like it was a vulnerable time that had to be watched for witches or ghosts or demons that might slip in from the old year into the new year. 
And the solution, they felt, to keep this from happening was to make a lot of noise. Now, that makes sense in its own way. <laughs> but to, the, to this day, in Rome, they are the noisiest city on New Year's Eve in all the world. And I don't know about y'all, but as I was hearing and thinking about this, I thought, well, the ghost and the demons and the witches would have to be deaf if they were going to slip from one year to the next these days. But I also thought it was interesting that sophisticated cities like Sydney, Australia, and Paris, and London, and New York, continue to mark this time from the old to the new making noise making noise but for us these days and probably before there's there's more to it than that um, each year there seems to be echoes of the apocalypse around this time Fears as people look ahead into the new year and the end of the world and all such things as that. And even especially this year, we came into 2022 in the midst of a plague, if you will. So those things don't just occur here in the United States, it's across the world. The origins of the apocalyptic thinking are found in scriptures, though. The ten plagues of Egypt, remember, that's recorded in the book of Exodus, as well as the prophecies of Ezekiel and Daniel and Zechariah. All those are the sources of the apocalyptic imagery that we have today and in the scriptures we have visions of the horsemen of chariots fire and floods the world being turned upside down and inside out the earth disappearing beneath our feet the stars falling from the skies strange beasts appearing we have a lot of that these days. <laughs> All of those images come straight from the scriptures. And Jesus himself preached in an apocalyptic manner as he talked about the destruction of Jerusalem, as he spoke about the meaning of his own death, as he preached about the breaking in of the kingdom of God and the return of the Son of Man on clouds from heaven. So it seems natural to me that our response to these images and that kind of speaking would be a mixture of fear and of hope. Hmm. 
Wasn't it just Christmas Eve that we sang of the hopes and the fears of all the years being met that night? And isn't that really how we approach each new year? With hope and yet with fears? But the book of Revelation gives us here an image that I think deserves our attention in the midst of all of this apocalyptic imagery. It's the figure of a lamb. This lamb unlocks the secrets of the future of the world. It unlocks the secrets of the future of the world. The Lamb stands on Mount Zion at the head of all of those who have been faithful to Him. The final battle with evil and sin and death is followed by a wedding feast. And heaven is described as the new Jerusalem, a city whose only light is the glory of God and the Lamb. It's a strange contrast, if you will, between the violent and aggressive and seemingly powerful armies of wickedness and a gentle creature who, in fact, holds the key to human history and whose sacrifice is the victory of God and of God's people. That bears repeating this morning. The Lamb is the perfect image that holds the key to human history and whose sacrifice is the victory of God and of God's people. And once again, just like at his birth, the hopes and the fears meet at a most unusual point. The smoke of the fireworks quietly drifts away, and the memory of their brightness and their loudness fades. But the fears that they help to cover up, even just momentarily, sometimes remains. But in contrast, we continue to live in hope. To live in hope. To follow the Lamb. A gentle creature. It's not aggressive, not violent. And yet it is infinitely more powerful 
than the weapons with all of their noise and all of their clamor. We remember the sacrifice of the Lamb. His death and resurrection out of love for each and every one of us is the most powerful moment in human history. And it's the key. It's the key to life and all of its meaning. Not only in our past, but in our days that have yet to be unfolded here in 2022. In the church, we continue to keep that memory alive when we come together and we celebrate the act of holy communion. We know that it is the source of any true, real strength that we as human beings have. That relationship with the Lamb. So, as we go throughout this year of 2022, I pray that we too continue to behold the Lamb. The Lamb that has been with us. The Lamb that stands with us now. And the Lamb that has already walked ahead of us into this coming year. And I pray that you will especially remember the Lamb of God as those hopes and those fears resurface in your heart from time to time. This morning, as we celebrate Holy Communion, for the very first time in the year 2022, I invite you this morning to recall the Lamb of God. To remember His birth, to think about His life, To think about the sacrifice that he made for each and every one of us. Let us pray. Almighty God, it is so easy to let our fears for the unknown overshadow what we know, Lord. And what we know is you. And the gift of your son, Jesus, the true lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So, Lord, help us to draw our attention to the lamb. Not only today as we come to share in this holy meal, Lord, but in the days ahead as we face the yet unknown. Remind us of the presence 
of the Lamb of God that is with us all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.